the lesson is, or the forum is on using and discerning and finding out what spiritual gifts that we have. And the first thing I'd like to go over is the difference between gifts and talents. A lot of time we use them interchangeably. He's very, he's a very talented brother, or he, you know, he's very gifted. But they're actually two quite distinct differences. First, we're going to talk about gifts, spiritual gifts. Gifts. The word is uh, charisma, and that's probably where more likely the charismatic movement comes from. It's a gifted from God. Uh, the the thought is, you know, th those that are uh, spiritual, they'll they'll be able to speak in tongues and do all sorts of uh, wonderful things because they have charisma. They have the gift of grace of God. God given. It's from the Spirit, um, and it's sovereignly. There's my first misspelling, Mike. Sovereignly, it is sovereignly given by God. And this is uh, from 1 Corinthians 12. When we talk about the gifts, God sovereignly distributes gifts to different people at different times. And he also has the right to take them away at any time at his choosing. So God sovereignly gives gifts to people and he doesn't give gifts to certain other people. It is by God's own choosing. God gives and he takes away. Talents. These are from birth. Some people are talented uh, athletic players. Uh, some people have a good speaking voice or musical ability. Um, those are talents that you can develop. They're from birth, and they are quite distinct. They're still God-given, but they are not empowered by the Holy Spirit. They are not, at one point, he is untalented at something. Usually when you have a talent... It's something that you have to grow into and you learn and you develop. Non-Christians and Christians can possess talents. Our lesson text is going to be from 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Um, let's actually just go through and read this. If somebody can uh, pick up one of your Bibles and read 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And then we'll go to... Somebody else can pick up 1 Corinthians 12, 36. And then another person read Romans 12, 6 through 8. Yes. I'll move closer to the mic. All right, let's start off with 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. The next one. 1 Corinthians 12, I believe it's in the 30s or 28. A comforter is the best gifts, and yet I show you in more excellent way. And then um, go to verse 36, sorry. There is no 36? Then we'll just skip that for now. Sorry. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Oh. God has set some of the church first of all, secondary prophets, 30 teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, health, governance, 
Thank you. See, with your expectations this low now, if we get anything out of it, you'll be happy. Let's go over uh, spiritual gifts. Wisdom. That's one of the things that we talked about the first in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. It's able to apply biblical truth. Knowledge. This is a spiritual gift endowed when one converts or at certain uh, as one goes along. It doesn't, need, doesn't necessarily mean it's right at conversion. It can happen at any point. There's nothing limiting God on that according to Scripture. It's perceiving and understanding God's truth. The first one is application of it, able to apply biblical, biblical truth. The one is perceiving and understanding truth. The next one is talked about is faith. Not saving faith. That's not, that's not what Paul is talking about here. But this is actually faith in the promises of God. Belief and, and trust in the promises of God. Healings, ills, pains. This was a sign gift. And uh, more often than not in the scriptures it was used to verify uh, the gospel. Sorry about that, Nick. Um, temporary. It's more than likely uh, from... Most of the reading I've done, it's a temporary gift. Definitely in the United States, uh, so it seems. Discerning of spirits. Able to identify right and wrong. This uh, person who has this is not going to be able to give new scripture. There's not going to be another gospel according to Irwin. Thank God. Um, Spiritual gifts. Miracles. Supernatural. It's against nature. This was used to verify the gospel. A lot of times when Jesus did these miracles, I mean, he could have done healings and miracles. He could have healed the entire nation of Israel with one, one swoop, one thought, one motion. But he didn't do that. He did it at distinct point, at distinct times to verify his authenticity or to prove that he was authentic, that he was the Messiah. It wasn't something that was done just carte blanche. Everybody was healed. Prophecy, the ability to proclaim God's word. This is not necessarily prophetic. When, when prophecy is spoken about, there are two parts in it. It's prophetic, meaning the, when uh, the, the words of God were written down on paper, and also just proclaiming God's truth. Preaching, expository type preaching. Tongues, speaking and interpretation of languages. A language not already known to a speaker. Were I to try to butcher an uh, interpretation of a German language, a preacher or, or a Serbian, that would not be speaking in tongues because I have partial ability in that. So this was, another, this was an actual language that was spoken, not babblings. This was an actual language, and it was also used as a sign, the scripture says in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, to the unbelievers, particularly to the Jews. 1 Corinthians 12, 36... Apostles, 12, there were 12 of them, then the 70 were sent out, there were others. This is, a, this is a spiritual gift that the Apostle Paul talked about. This is not a self-perpetuating group. We do not have modern day apostles among us. Prophets, these are, pro, these are people, and uh, men that worked in local churches. Uh, apostles worked more geographically. Teachers, miracles. Healings, tongues, these are same as above as the other slide. When you leave here, if you so choose and are so interested, I have a copy of all the slides. Also, there is a questionnaire for you to fill out for yourself. After we go through all these gifts, what I'd like you to do is circle the gifts that you feel that you have that 
maybe you think you have, and then see how God is working and see if God is working in you in your local church or in your neighborhoods or in your area where you work. So you'll be able to circle the gifts that you believe, gift or gifts that you believe God has given you sovereignly and decided to give to you. Nobody else will see this. This is for your own choice. And then underneath, I've listed around 26 or 27 uh, areas that God can use you in these varied gifts and see if God, if maybe you're not being obedient or more than likely it's you because God sovereignly gives it and he gives it to the right person at the right time. It's whether we use these gifts or not and see where, if, where you are using those gifts and where you could be using those gifts. Helps. This uh, literally means to relieve someone of their burden and putting it on yourself. And you can see, like, when we get into the, the help, this type of gift, this is a very generic gift in the sense that it's very wide and it, you could see that somebody could have this and we may not even know about it. Governments, this is a, more like a piloting a ship, a leadership role. Spiritual gifts, uh, Romans 12, 6 through 8. Prophecy was one of them. And you take the time whenever you would like to read through this. It's in the scripture. Uh, this is both revelatory and non-revelatory. Revelatory meaning the, the scripture was revealed to the Apostle Paul. He wrote letters. This was God speaking to the Apostle Paul. And we have these letters for us today. Prophecy, ministry or service, helping of others. That's a gift, ministry. Teaching, methodical teaching of God's word. Methodical teaching of God's word. The ability to convey what God said at that time and how it means to us today, what it applies to us today. Exhortation, lifting, uplifting, encouraging, warning. The literal, literal meaning is to come alongside. The Holy Spirit, uh, the word for the Holy Spirit comes from exhortation, or exhortation comes from that same word that we get the comforter from, to come alongside us, to encourage in good works. This could also be if you see somebody else has a talent, or and that, that is a gift, or if you see somebody else has a gift and you want to help identify that to them, we can encourage, exhort them in that way. That is a gift. Something that God gives to us. Giving, uh, the scripture says to give with simplicity, which just means give liberally, give a lot. Able to give a lot. Ruleth, uh, the scripture says, ruleth uh, with diligence. Leadership with diligence, without hesitation. Deliberate leading, not just meandering about in the wilderness, wandering to and fro with no clue where one's going. Mercy with cheerfulness. Give mercy with joy. Don't withhold it. Or, hey, I'm going to be merciful with you today, and you just remember that I was merciful to you because I'm going to come back to uh, bank on that uh, later in the future. Let's talk about some of the temporary gifts and why I would call them temporary. Um, 1 Corinthians 13.8 says, Tongues shall cease. They, tongues, shall cease. And the word is, uh, there's the word, future, middle, indicative. It says to make cease. Basically the idea is, they shall make themselves to cease. They'll implode upon themselves. Tongues, according to scripture, had a battery life. And 
by itself would fall apart or by itself would cease or would end. And that ceasing and that ending ended because the, the purpose of it was, to, was for the unbelievers, for the Jews. There was no need for that gift probably after the uh, first century. And you can see for about 1,600, 1,500 uh, years, there were, there were no even small uprisings of uh, charismatic movement until we get to around the 17, 1800s. So that's good evidence that that gift was actually something that had a short battery life or kind of imploded upon himself is what the, what the indication is in the uh, original language, a delay fuse. Uh, in the same uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Prophecy and knowledge, it shall vanish away. They use two different words uh, for prophecy and knowledge uh, in the King James. It's the same word. Uh, it's the same words in the original language. Um, they shall be done away with, and it's a passive, by something else. Something else will uh, do away with them. And that could be interpreted or understood. When God comes and, and, and sets up his kingdom, there will be no need for future type preaching because we're going to have God here on this earth. I, that's just an, uh, an understanding. But in the future, knowledge and prophecy, the preaching of God's word, will by us cease because something else will take its place. Something else will stop it. Um, do miracles and healings occur? Yes, uh, yes they do, and especially they do by prayer. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. James 5, 14. God still works. Um, healings, they were, they were sign gifts. 2 Corinthians 12, 12 talks about how they were used to verify the work done by Christ and the apostles. And that's why you hear, especially in a lot of the uh, uh, like outreaches or in the uh, forward mission fields, you'll hear, you'll hear a lot about healings occurring. And healing still and miracles still occur. We, we need to pray to God. And God still works in those miraculous ways. God still works in those miraculous ways. The problem that what happened in the early church, and it probably happens now, and not so much with uh, the healings or uh, miracle gifts, but in our fancier uh, show metal. And I work in the automotive industry, and I work at a metal fabricating uh, plant. And we make show metal. And that, me that just basically means we make the uh, outer surface, outer skin of automobiles. The hood, the roof, the, the doors, the trunk. So we make those things that people see. We call that show metal. And there is a tendency in the church to gravitate toward those gifts that are showier, that people see more, that are more visible. And that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is a, uh, a blistering, I wouldn't want to say attack, but it was an attack of the Apostle Paul on the abuse of speaking in tongues while speaking in tongues was still a, a valid and a use, uh, usable gift and a divinely given gift. Um, Paul actually eventually went on to say that it was an inferior gift because you needed a translator. When somebody spoke in tongues... 
you needed a translator. When somebody spoke in a different language, you needed somebody that could translate so that everybody could be edified, not just the person that was speaking. So there was a tendency in the early church to gravitate toward the show your gifts. And I believe in, in modern day, uh, you know, the, the more visible roles of teaching, preaching, uh, leading, etc., etc., those are the ones that there's a tendency to gravitate towards and not all are gifted. Just because somebody is a preacher, a teacher, or an elder does not actually mean that they are gifted in that. It means that we've decided to do that and we've allowed it. More than likely, if the church is obedient to the will of God, that will occur. But there is no guarantee other than how close we walk to God, that those that are in positions that we elect or uh, appoint, there's no guarantee that they are necessarily gifted. That's where we, through the Spirit, those who have dis the gift of discerning of, of right and wrong and what's good and what's bad, we need to be in tune with the Spirit and in prayer to make sure that we do put and that we do have those that are gifted in the correct positions and in the right areas of the church. Getting into uh, recognizing and using some gifts, and this is where I want to spend uh, most of the rest of the time on, and I don't have the answers for this, I just have a few ideas that I jotted down. Just try out some of, some, try out to do some things. You know, sometimes we think that unless we're appointed by the church or that we're we're uh, elected by the church or somebody confirms on us some position or some power or some authority, that's the only time that we can even try to do anything. Well, that's most of the greatest things that have occurred in our church, in our lives, have occurred on the grassroots level where there's somebody saw a need and they just did it. It's okay to try to do something and say, wow, I'm really not gifted in that. And kind of a caveat throughout this, how many think that witnessing, sharing the gospel is a gift? I'm glad nobody's hand was approaching to go up because it's not a gift. A lot of times we think that, well, you know, that person is gifted at sharing the gospel. Well, even though, the, even though these lists that I put up on here that the Apostle Paul gave are not exhaustive, meaning there could be other gifts out there that... Christ, or through the, through the apostles, did not write down. But it's a commandment. To preach the gospel is a commandment. Just like being obedient to the gospel and being obedient to the commandments is something we should be doing. Sharing the gospel with others is not a gift. Too often we try to relegate that to, I am not gifted in that area. And therefore we don't share the gospel with our neighbors, our friends, and we, we are... Uh, pretty much an inert gas when it comes to uh, sharing the word. It is not a gift. Some people may be better at it because maybe they've just done it longer. Some may be better talkers. Some may be better uh, uh, able to convey an idea to somebody, but it is not a gift. Just try out some areas. Helping out others. Helping the poor in your area, in your neighborhood, at your local soup kitchen or wherever. Um, teaching a class, offering to teach a class. Um, in our local local church, sometimes that's what happens. If somebody conveys an idea to someone and says, hey, I'd like to be used in this area. Do you think you could use me here? 
Search out gifted brothers and sisters. There are some gifted brothers and sisters that aren't doing anything. They're just maybe kind of sitting around, just biding their time. Those of us who have the gift of, of discerning, those of us who have the gift of exhortation to encourage, if we see a brother or sister that has a gift in an area, we it's our duty, it's our, it's our gift to encourage that person and say, you know, have you tried doing this? You seem like you would be able to help out in this area. Did you ever consider that? And that might be all it takes. And that is a gift that God gives. Let them go for a while. Give them small jobs at first and let them grow. And then see how God works. Be there to counsel them, to mentor them. Some examples of non-conventional gift usage, meaning those that are outside the uh, elected positions, in our local uh, Mansfield church, there was a, there's a, uh, you've heard about this already, a uh, local neighborhood gospel outreach program. Three sisters and just kind of got together and shared the burdens that they had on their heart um, with, with each other. And they kind of formulated an idea and a plan and talked with the uh, people in the community and on and on it went. And they eventually talked to the, to the, the ministers and, and off it went without much of a hiccup and right now we're going through a program in, uh, in Mansfield where uh, for one week or for, uh, for the whole summer for about two hours a day, uh, five days a week you go down to our uh, area where it houses uh, one Harmony House they call it where it houses uh, women, uh, battered women or women without homes and we take care of their children, we take them to the library, we take them uh, to the carousel, uh, we, we take them to the sprawling metropolis of Mansfield. Whatever, whatever it is we, that we do, we take them there and we spend time with them, we teach them, we, we have even a, an opportunity to share the gospel with them. They're young kids, but we can share with them small little snippets of, of God's word and, and they allow us to do that. Their, their, their parents sign off that we can, uh, you know, we can take them I mean, virtually anywhere within reason. Um, and this can happen in almost probably any community. Any community. And it could occupy people with talents that are just ready to work. Ready to, uh, ready to go. Gifts used there is helps, leadership, giving, mercy, and uh, encouragement or exhortation. There's just six or seven of the, of the many gifts that the Apostle Paul enumerated. Uh, some things in the recent years, uh, we've got... Just that just happened without a leadership of, uh, blessing, or it was a blessing, but leadership uh, driven. Local newsletter, yearbook, contagious Christian classes, new young adult group. Uh, we've made quite a few softball improvements, and the, the purpose there, the, the, the primary purpose there is try to bring people from our neighborhood, from our work, um, friends that we work with, say, hey, we, we play softball once a week, and they come out there, and we actually we have a prayer afterwards that kind of uh, can be a segue into bringing them to church. Uh, we've improved. We've had a babysitting room with a new uh, audiovisual hookup to the services, which is kind of neat um, to, to see that. It was actually really cute. It's a little sidebar that nobody's pretty too interested in. But uh, well, I was preaching one Sunday morning, and my little daughter was in there, and uh, you know I was going on and on and on and on. And she was probably getting so annoyed, but every now and then she'd like look up at the, at the monitor and smile, thinking that she'd placate me, and she'd look back down. 20 minutes later, she'd look back up at me. So that's just a little, little neat thing. 
but that's these are this was just the initiative of a few people to uh, with vested interest to install a brand new babysitting room with carpet and etc etc. Um, we also have a baby 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 paging system where you can drop your children off. And this is good when you bring people from work, um, you know, so we don't have uh, horrifically screaming babies in the in, in the in the back uh, like my little like my little baby, right? Uh, so we don't have them screaming in the back. You have them down in a little nursery, and you get a little uh, you get a little pager with them. And, and if they uh, get all loud and whatnot, you can page the mother or the father, and they can go down there and take care of them. Kind of a neat little thing. No, we like to disturb the peace, John. <laughs> Has to be a vibrator, right? Yeah, it, it's a vibrator. Uh, girls, Bible studies. Gifts we used here, leadership, exhortation, teaching, and helps. I guess now I'd just like to turn it, like to turn it over to... Um... Oh, this is by accident, I'm sorry. <laughs> For those of you who ever wonder who my, who my little baby looks like, that's her when she was born. I'm sorry, honey, this just happened to come up on the screen. And that's me 30 years ago. She's better looking, though. She is. Oh, I'm sorry about it. Look at this. Oh, man. Now, I, I, what I'd like to do is open it up to, we've got 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and we're going to uh, head up to our uh, choirs, so we're on time. Uh, what are some ways that you, you have some ideas? Uh, just I'd like to share here how we can better develop gifts I have just a few ideas, shared over briefly of what some of the gifts are. What are some ideas that you've had in your local church that you have been able to develop gifts, identify gifts in individuals? And this is just a time, you got. we've got 15 minutes. It's rare that I end early, so take the opportunity. Um, what are some areas that you just would like to share about gifts or developing gifts or seeing gifts, examples, etc., etc.? I think most people are very shy about looking at themselves and saying, I have this gift or this talent. I think it's critically important, and I base this on something we did at CFG many years ago in our church, where we actually had a group we paired off with somebody we didn't know, and, and we were asked to pronounce what we saw in that person as a gift. And I know it changed my life because a sister came and said, this is what I see in you, and I didn't see that in me at all. But I sort of based a lot of things since then on that. So I think it's really important that we ask others and that we work with others, that others look at us and we look at them, and that we draw out the gifts that they have and encourage those people to use those gifts. Asking someone else about a gift, the, the brother's comment was, uh, ask others and say, well, you know, what gifts do you think I have? What, what do you think, what, you know, just ask somebody, bounce ideas off them. Do you, what, where do you see me that I am gifted in spiritually? Did you notice anything? That's a good, good way to do it. Any other ideas or examples? I'm, I'm thinking that some of us sometimes maybe hang on to things too tightly. Maybe we do have a gift and we're using it, but I know for myself sometimes if I get an idea in my head, I want to do it. Maybe because deep down I want to get the glory for it, like the show medal. But maybe it's something that God has given us an idea and we can get it started. 
but there are others that he wants to use, and we need to encourage the others and delegate others to keep doing it so that others can get used, those that are maybe not quite, don't have the same initiative to start things. The idea here is that when you have an idea, or if you, even if you're actually gifted in something, to then maybe start it off if you have the idea, or have somebody else there to mentor to continue on the the project. Good comment. Anything else? If you could speak out as loud as you can. One program that we have in Kitchener is um, where we go into um, an open custody detention center for children in the ages of 12 to 16. Um, and we do like a chapel hour with them once a week. And what that has done is it's given an opportunity for um, brothers in particular um, to actually teach where they may not have had opportunity in the local church, and it also gives the opportunity to reach out to kids that are in trouble with the law. So there's a serving aspect as well. Yeah. It's, it, there, are, there are very limited speaking, preaching, teaching roles, especially as a church grows. And uh, if you have, like in Mansfield, you have 300 or so members and 400 or so attendees. You're, you have a very limited amount, even if we try to expand certain roles in certain positions, there's still a very limited amount of show metal type uh, positions. And these are great ways where gifts can be used that somebody has and use them in a number of, number of different ways. For those who have a gift and can't find an outlet to use it, I'd like to encourage you to visit small churches and consider moving there. There's a good idea. Help for small churches. Erwin, most of what you've uh, presented or discussed in terms of the practical applications, I would guess they would fall into the non-revelatory areas. Is that a fair statement? A very fair statement. Would you care to discuss the revelatory issues. Are there those today? Do we have such roles? Any thoughts on that? Let me bounce that back to the class. I have my views, but anybody have any comments? Are there revelatory, meaning um, I, I think you mean, what, what do you mean by revelatory? Well, go back to whatever slide it was you have. Okay. Can you find the slide there? He was talking about prophecy. <coughs> Revelatory prophecy and non-revelatory prophecy. Meaning, the Apostle Paul, um, if you read his letters, he would say, uh, "This say I, not the Lord." When when God revealed to him certain things, such as uh, uh, you know the, the, the passage in First Corinthians 11, he said, "God revealed to me, for example, the Lord's Supper." But then he said in other passages, "This say I, now." It wasn't necessarily a direct revelation from God. And maybe a, a derivation from scripture on how best to deal this with the situation. So from that point of view, prophesying the will of God for the church. Any other comments? Is scripture being written today? No. And by revelatory, along with what Brother Doug was saying, scripture is not being written today. It is the canon of scripture is closed, not because 
of any uh, council, but because God has finished speaking for the time being. Um, there is going to be a time when he is going to be coming back to this earth, but as far as revelatory, what, 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 I, clearly, what I meant to say was that further scripture is not being produced and hasn't been produced since the early 80 or 93 since Revelation was written, 93 AD. So those gifts, which, you know, the apostles had the authority to do that, and um, those of that era, those, those gifts are, are not being used today, are not being given out. Any other, okay, let's see, if you want to go back to 
We've got three minutes, and then I'll let you go. Um, anybody has any uh, about what's going on in your local church, how we can better identify gifts and develop them, or any comments on or questions about the presentation? With Roger. I appreciate uh, leadership in a church that is willing to allow their young people and people with ideas to come forward and use them. And some of the traveling that we've done as foresters and other things, I've seen that churches diminish where they don't uh, they don't use their young people don't allow it. And uh, it's I suppose it's a difficult thing to give control to uh, a younger brother or sister. Uh, but in reality, I think we are giving, we're having faith that God is, is doing the work by recognizing these gifts. And it's all done, you know, the, those who do have a, a fear of that, it's all done with mentoring. And, you, you know, there's always, they, we just don't let the young kids do whatever. We, there's a mentoring process that goes on there. So, good point. We need to wait out in faith. Bob? Challenge that we have that um, comes with electing and appointing people. And sometimes you're, you made a comment that we elect people that don't necessarily have a gift. Uh, I know it's a challenge that we've had in our own church. And, and how do you, you find somebody who has the gift and the desire and is a faithful brother or sister and get them in a position um, that they that they have the gift for, but they're not necessarily elected for or um, appointed to? We had a missionary, we have a missionary committee, and we would fill the position because the position needed to be filled, and brothers would say, or sisters would say, well, and the missionary committee, I believe it's brothers, but they would say, I'll accept almost by default because it needed to be filled, but it's not necessarily that they had the leading or the gift that they needed to go along with that position. And so you know, I'd encourage all of the churches, all of us, to, to and I don't have an answer, but to look for ways to to find the brothers and sisters that have the gifts for those positions and put them in them rather than fill in a position because it needs to be filled. And that, that position will suffer. When there's somebody who's not interested in doing whatever, the, the, the job will suffer, the area will suffer because the person is either not gifted or not interested. Any other comments or questions? It is important that, that when we are asked to, to do a to give it a try because often we do not recognize our own gifts as it was pointed out. I think we need to be flexible enough and be willing to try it out and then also for the group and the church to recognize that if that brother or sister comes forth three months, six months later say, I really do not see any gift in me and this is really not for me. But if we deny it right off, you know, back, right from the start, we will never be able to identify whether or not that person has it. That's a good point. And like you said, we need to be flexible. If that brother says or sister says, I don't think I'm gifted in this from what I've been doing, you know, maybe we can encourage him. Maybe he's just being uh, uh, overdose of false humility. Maybe we need to just then let them, if they choose not to, let them go and, and, and find another area in which they're gifted. That's a good point. One more, one more comment and then we're gone. I also think, um, you know, you can approach somebody and say, well, I think it would be Like you said, it will suffer again. And then you'll be disappointed. Oh, what do you mean you're quitting? You know, then the whole, the whole yeah. starts rolling. Very good point. Thank you very much. Off to our...
practices.